0: Welcome everyone to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock. Excited to have you here with us listening in and also excited to have another wonderful guest. I will be doing some introductions in just a moment, but just wanted to welcome you here first to this space filled with motivation and inspiration and healing stories. Hi, welcome everybody. Thank you for being here today. I am super excited to have my guest Stacy Brookman here with me today. So, welcome Stacy.
1: Hey, Terry. How are you?
0: I am absolutely wonderful. How are you doing today?
1: I am thrilled to be here. Yay.
0: All right, so tell us what what it is you do. I'm I'm super excited to hear all about it as well. I know you and I talked a little bit when I did an mm-hmm. interview with you, so tell tell our listeners.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm overall really what I am, I'm a resilience and life storytelling expert. I produce the Real Life Resilience podcast, and ultimately, I help smart outwardly confident women who secretly have low self-esteem issues like many of us do, Yes, <laughs> especially those due to an emotionally abusive partner. And I help them take back control and begin to develop the resilience they need to be themselves again, because you lose yourself when you're in an emotionally abusive relationship. So I do that through helping them uh, discover and write their life stories. So I, I kind of consider that my Superpower is helping people discover and write their life stories to overcome trauma. To oh my kill. gosh,
0: I absolutely love it, and I tell you, mm-hmm. writing is—I call it putting our truths out there because yes. uh, there's one—it's—it's it's cathartic and healing to release it, and then even more so when you start to connect with others mm-hmm. um, through your right. story. And, it's and a
1: lot of times, you don't even know your truths until you start writing. That's yeah, like, that's the thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very so very true. And and again through journaling. I started out, you know, through just journaling and now I blog mm-hmm. and write the book and all of that. But yeah, just I tell people as a matter of fact I just met with a friend this morning at Starbucks that we you know, we knew each other in grade school. Oh, well. <laughs> but I connected through Facebook and she asked to meet and um again talked about the forgiveness journey and the healing journey and I said oh, yeah. journaling. Right. Journaling is gonna be a huge step to you. Um, yeah, finding your triggers and finding your truths. So, yeah, very cool. Absolutely. I love it. So how do you, do women come to you? Do you do um, like a counseling service? Do you offer online courses?
1: Yeah, actually, I, I don't do counseling, but I do have online um, courses. I have a, a webinar that's free that a lot of people start with, and uh, that's at stacybrookman.com webinar but it's called the four um, simple proven methods to writing the very first chapter of your life story in just seven days. So those people who feel like, you know, oh, I'm, I've got to write a book or this is my eighth grade English class right. or I writing. This is for you because it, this is definitely not like your eighth grade English class. We don't talk about punctuation or grammar or anything. We just talk about getting that story out of your head and onto the paper. And there's a lot of science behind that. This will help you get just that first chapter out. And then it gives you the tools to go beyond that. But really the scientific evidence is you've got to get it out of your head, because when you experience things, especially traumatic memories, those are stored in a different part of your brain than regular memories. And so, when and they're rolling around your head, um, they're hiding from you until you get triggered or you least expect it. And then you start yelling at your kids for no reason. You know, they didn't do anything. Or, um, you know, a sad a song comes on and you just uh, get melancholy or, or angry. So when you find the words for what's happened to you, when you start writing down what's happened to you, I'm telling you, Terry. Every single person who's done it, they've used the word clarity. You get really clear on what has happened because your brain is trying to, you know, help you and by protecting you and, and, and hiding it from you. You find out what exactly happened and you have to put those what happened in words in black and white. And when you find the words for what's happened, you can name it. You can say this. Is what's happened to me, then you are better able and better equipped to move on from that and process it in the way that you know it really should be, right? And and um, uh, Dr. James Pennebaker from the University of Texas at Austin, there's like tons of other researchers who have really researched this. In fact, they did what it's called the two minute miracle, even in some in one study. They called it the two minute miracle because writing just two minutes a day in a certain way, of course, not just, hey, here's my grocery list. Right. In a certain way, writing um, actually boosts your immune system. Physically, it boosts your immune system. And so I, I just I love to share that because um, that's that's why even if you never publish, a lot of people never even they'll write it and then they burn it. But it's really for you to get that. Support. And there's an energy
0: release as well. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, certainly for trauma, which we're starting to learn more and more, is that, you know, that trauma mm-hmm. is, is stored as energy and when you don't have a, you don't process it and mm-hmm. you don't have a healthy release for it. Um, it does, it, it releases itself in other ways. Mine was with panic attacks, you know, and so yeah. it starts to come out. And so, yeah, learning to release it. Oh, my gosh, so healing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, my my very first course that I put out is um, why write a story you never want to publish, uh-huh. and that's about trauma and all of that. How it's it's in your head, and you know I always say as human beings we have a huge capacity for pulling the wool over our own eyes because we do. Where it's a kind of a protective device. We don't want to see. We don't want to look back and discover all this junk that we went through, whatever trauma is to you because trauma is different for every person. It could be your dog dying. It could be, you know, an abusive spouse. It could be whatever your trauma is. Don't minimize it, but do something with it. Do something about it. Make, make your past trauma, help your future self be wiser and more resilient.
0: I love that. And I love that because my mom and I have had that conversation. She's 82 and Mm -hmm. she's, Mm -hmm. I think she's, Trying to make amends and make peace with things in her life that have happened. And so um, we had had a conversation the other day, and I said, Mom, you know, I've gone back into my darkness, not because she'll say, Oh, it's in the past. It's in the past. You just don't, right. you just forget about it. And I said, It mm-hmm. doesn't work that way, Mom. You can't just forget about it. I mean, that's what science right. is starting to prove. And I said, I had to go back into the darkness in order to get to the light. Right. And I was oh, having yeah. to go through that again and return to it. And explore it, that then I was able to get through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: very cool. That
1: is so true.
0: Yeah. So how did you how did you get into this? Um, how did you find this?
1: <laughs> well, I um, was married to a sociopath. Okay. Who was very emotionally abusive, as sociopaths are. <clears throat> and um, I, it was very. <clears throat> excuse me. It was a very difficult marriage. And I thought, Oh, I'm strong, I can get through this uh, for the kids. I'm I you know, I can handle this. And what I thought was strength was really fear. I was afraid of what would happen if I left. And so uh, at one point, I, you know, my my youngest daughter, I was sitting there paying bills, and my youngest daughter wanted to get on our family computer a desktop. And so I helped her with the password. And my husband's email was up and it was a Craigslist confirmation. And the Craigslist confirmation was advertising himself as a sex toy for couples. Oh, okay. When I discovered that, I'm like, that's it. That's it. And you know what? I did not escape for me when i look back i'm thinking oh i'm a, I, i'm almost embarrassed about it but i know that different people get out for different reasons i didn't even get out for me because i wasn't at that point that i could do that i got out for my kids right i did not want them to think that this was a normal relationship the the way he treated me the way he treated them the way and you know the way we interacted or didn't interact in such a a a horrible way i knew that kids look at their parents and they were likely to emulate that type of relationship and it broke my heart right i could not imagine them getting into a relationship like i did having to be tough having to um be the breadwinner having being uh, always having to walk on eggshells wondering whether you're you know trying to please the person if they're going to come home as the monster or you know, the savior each day. I, I did not want that life for them. And so that's why I said, that's it. Yes. No more. Yes. No more. I remember having um, that
0: conversation. My, my ex-husband was not like yeah. that, but we had reached a point of such volatility in our lives. And I mm-hmm. just remember the day that I stood up and put my hand up and said, I'm done yeah I'm done yeah. and I was able to walk away but I, and again, it was yes for myself, I was able to do it for myself but but with my kids in tow. so yeah,
1: yeah. it's really amazing because until you get to that point, you cannot imagine you're living in fear. your brain is is keeping you um, there out of fear and you ha- you can't even imagine a joyous life beyond it and there is so much of life out there I don't care if you have financial problems I don't care if you are um, not close to family there is such an amazing and beautiful life outside of an abusive relationship oh my
0: gosh absolutely and not to I think ours was volatile because it we were both in a very resentful position in that it was mm-hmm. volatile from both of our ends, so mine was yeah. different in that. And now, what's so beautiful is that he and I owned a business together. We maintained the business. He's one of my dearest friends. I love him dearly. Oh wow. He's engaged <laughs> to be married. We're very, we're very much involved. Like we spend time with each other's families, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we had one of those happy endings, um, which was beautiful. But again, I get with your point about the kids because I thought. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. want my kids to grow up thinking this is what a, a relationship is. Right. But now, right. Thankfully. thankfully, they're seeing both of their parents in healthy relationships with healthy mm-hmm. boundaries. And I was just in such a horrible place myself that it just—I wasn't where i sh- i, I should have been—to um, be able to be in, in that marriage. So,
1: mm-hmm. um, but well, yeah, those relationships like pull you down. Um, psychologically and morally like you you move your morals based on whether they're happy or not um, or what the the other person wants to do and if you've ever changed your morals or your values for the worse you know you're in in an abusive relationship and you need to take a look at that yes Um, so I'm I'm on a mission I I, my (laughs) mission is to help one million people write their life stories in the next 15 years. Oh my years
0: gosh, and, I so love that.
1: become more resilient because you do become more resilient. I know. So tell
0: us about the summit because that's so, are you allowed to talk about oh, it? Yes. Can you talk yes, about yes, it? Yes. Okay, cool. Because I'm, um, I'm so excited by it. And again, I love seeing like your updates of the people you're interviewing.
1: So yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, it is fabulous. I have, it's at um, summit.com. And uh, I just have a, a taste of what's out there but I have actually over 45 speakers coming and they I've interviewed a lot of them already And uh, Terry, you're
0: one of them. Thank Yay. you for that. Oh my gosh, thanks for letting me join.
1: Yeah Terry's talking about empowerment through connection but we have everything. This is for people who are in or have or have gotten out of an abusive emotionally abusive relationship. But also it's for the friends and family of those folks. So it talks about what is abuse? How do you deal with an abuser? How do you know if you're in an abusive relationship? Maybe it's just a tough relationship. Um, the science of breaking free and how you become trauma bonded with that person. Um, the childhood origins of our abuse. Um, what next? How to find safety and shelter, how to build your support systems. Navigating the courts with Um, an emotional abuser. But also, oh, oh, one that's really interesting that's coming up is financial forensics. I think everybody's going to be really interested in that. But it's also about how do you help a friend or family member tell their story? How do you encourage them? Because, you know, when you're in an abusive relationship, often you are isolated. That person causes you to break from friends and family members and and maybe even moving away from them and so you you don't uh, communicate with them as much. Um, But how, how, as a friend or family member, how do you invite that person to tell their story? Um, How to um, survive parenting with a toxic person, Um, reconnecting the neuroscience of resilience and psychological safety, boundaries, the science of happiness? so many more, I can't even list them all, but it is really a very comprehensive um, summit. So September 1st through the 12th, the videos are gonna be free during that period of time. and But anybody can purchase an all access pass and get access to them um, immediately. So really thrilled about that. And it really is going to be shareable because there is almost nobody escapes childhood without some sort of trauma. That's my theory. But you either you or somebody, you know, has been in some sort of uh, tough relationship. And if you want to find out whether it's abuse or, you know, find out what to do in those tough relationships, then uh, you should certainly go and take a look and sign up for it. So it's at emotionalabusesummit.com. Wonderful. I love yeah, it. It's, it's gonna be fabulous. I'm so excited. I'm, about I'm it. so
0: excited. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to listen. Yeah. I, I'll be listening into every single one of them because yeah. it's, it's just wonderful.
1: One of them is um, music to grieve to. So when I was going through my tough stuff, I always listened to um, oh at this station K Love. And yeah. you know I remember certain songs and, and listening to those and, and it helped me get through. and a lot of them were sad songs. Yes. And there really is a science behind that as well. And it's good to listen to sad songs and get to help you get through some of those things. That's so,
0: so cool you know, to know. I, I love of, it.
1: Yeah, recovery type of um, methods or you know, how do how you become a happier person? How do you rebuild your life financially, emotionally, spiritually? You know, psychologically, this this is the summit for Very you. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I, I
0: actually had like sappy playlists that I would just yeah. download sappy songs <laughs> to listen to. So, yeah. Um, Very
1: I can't cool. remember. I think I had um, uh, Aaron Neville, The Tattooed Heart.
0: Yes. <laughs> and yes. I kept
1: playing it over
0: and over and over again. No. Oh. <laughs> Mine is Sarah McLaughlin, anything Sarah sings, you know. Oh, yeah, anything she sings. Right. Yes. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, Mm -hmm. one of my next questions that I ask guests is you know, if you could reach any, um, Mm -hmm. as many people in the world as possible with your message, you know, who would you want it to be? And I think you've, you just said a million people.
1: Yeah, really, Um, seriously, a million people. I've said mine for a million
0: too. Mine is to, to share my story of hope with a million people. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wrote that goal down, so I love it. That's why when you said a million people, I was like,
1: you go. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> in the next 15 years, I was doing a calculator the other day thinking, okay, how many people do I need to affect this year and then grow by X amount percent to reach a million? I, I really actually that's you know, wanted to put it down in black and white. Sure. I can post it up and, and see it, so.
0: Yeah. So and what we, were, how were the numbers and did you, would just have to start um, out with? Um,
1: was it 20,000 this year and then growing at 25% I think, I don't know, I was playing around. Okay. That might be, uh, in 10 years then that would be a million people. Very cool. 1.1 1. 1 million. Alright. Thank I did the numbers right. I'm <laughs> <Very laughs> not a mathematician.
0: <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So how, do you have any contact with your ex or
1: is that? Um... Well, my girls are now uh, 17 and 19, and so they—actually, um, this summer was the last time my youngest went. Okay. I don't have to pay for them to go anymore. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, because he—like, he, like, he would—he said, Oh, I don't have a job, and she makes all the money, so I had to um, pay, but that's okay for them to go a couple times a year, but that's all right. That um, Now, they have to make their own choice, and— um, he has to make the choice as well, whether or not he wants to have a relationship with them. Okay. You know, over the years I have helped prepare them, not by telling them, you know, he's a sociopath and, you know, psychologists diagnosed him as that, but by helping them see some behavior in other people that's not right and helping them to understand, it's okay to call out bad behavior. It's okay to say, you know, you didn't really go to Harvard, did you? (laughs) Right. And other people, you know, so I would use other people on the news, people in our social circles and say, you know what, it's okay, because that's how sociopaths and narcissists get away. They fly under the radar. And so they have, they're very aware of, hey, that's not right. They even call me out, mom, you just said that. But then yes, last week you said that. So I'm like, It's okay. Great. Call me out on that sort of thing. If I, you know, make a mistake or whatever, but give them practice. I've given them practice as they become teenagers and adults in saying, no, I don't want that. No, I don't appreciate that. Don't talk to me like that way. Um, sticking up for themselves that I never did over the whole course of my adult life until I was in my mid forties.
0: Yeah, and I was just gonna say, you teaching them how to put healthy boundaries in place Mm is huge. I mean, even though they were part of that trauma, you know, go through their younger years in what you were going through with this relationship Mm -hmm. with their father, but what I just wrote a blog saying about that, saying that um, when I had um, a therapist say to me, I think it was back in like 2013 um, about. A person who was in my life who was a narcissist mm-hmm. and said, you, you know, Terry, you need to put some healthy boundaries in place. And I swear I looked at her and heard crickets because I was like, um, I, I don't know how to do that. What's a healthy boundary? What uh-huh. is that like? Like, yeah. I have no idea what that is. How do... I don't even know where to begin. And so my sister and I have talked a lot about that and the impact, you know, growing up in in a codependent relationship with an alcoholic parent and Mm -hmm. how we, we had no idea how to put a healthy boundary in place. So kudos to you for teaching your girls. Also,
1: I have a a giveaway that I give to people and I did some research on the 35 top books, best books um, and most impactful books for emotional abuse. So um, anybody can go to lifestorylaboratory.com and download the 35 most impactful books for emotional abuse. And some of those are all about, you know, what is emotional abuse? What is codependency? How do you, um, you know, state your boundaries? How do you build your boundaries? And one of them is uh, the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud, of course. And, um, And so... You know, it is just amazing what knowledge can do for you oh. and and help you. Um, so I, I would encourage anybody to get that list.
0: Well, I'm going to go get that list. That's wonderful. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I know, you know, my my priest had actually recommended to me to read Codependent No More. Mm-hmm. Um, and that yes. was one of my first tastes with the concept. And I know it sounds so odd, you know, in my 40s of... of Boundaries and codependency, and I, I just had, it had never come into my my field of you know vision, um, and then all of a sudden I was like oh but but maybe it came when it was supposed to come.
1: Well, um, and you know there's somewhat of uh, a, a bit of shame with that because you know when I discovered this, I actually going through my divorce, I was. You know, under chronic stress, and especially um, someone with a a narcissist, I mean, he would, he snuck into my house and cut the wires on my heater in the middle of the night, and then called Child Protective Services and said I wasn't providing heat for the kids. Um, He put a listening device in my car. So I was always, always, for almost two years, looking over my shoulder to see what was going to happen next. He slashed my tires. I mean, well, that's traumatic in itself. I mean. Yes, yeah. And so I was going through all of that and I I thought, you know, I need a diversion. I need something that's not uh, divorce, damage, or my daughters. You know? Yes. <laughs> you know, I was like always trying to, you know, protect every them and and, um, and parent them at the same time and, and you know, I'm just and so I went and took a memoir writing class that I always enjoyed writing. And that's when I really discovered, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, this is my life theme is not, you know, standing up for myself, not raising my hand. Um, And I became clear on this is what he's been doing. He stole every bit of scrap from their childhood, every picture, every um, thing they brought home for mommy, you know, I made this for you every single thing out from under me before I even realized what was happening Oh, and then he would put one little locket sized picture on the counter every three or four days for a while to show hey I have all of this you have nothing oh here's a little locket sized picture for you so when I was going through this and I started writing I naturally discovered how clarity, how you can bring clarity to yourself, how you can become clear on, oh my gosh, this, and, and you look back and you think, why did I accept that? Right. Why in the world did I, didn't I see what was really happening? And you really have to give yourself grace because you have been in a fog, you have been um, gaslighted, you've been triangulated, you've been all of the, the, the manipulative tactics that they uh, narcissists and sociopaths use. So you've got to forgive yourself, and then just make yourself make your life beautiful from here on out.
0: Yes. One
1: of my favorite poems is by Veronica Shafstall, and it was it's called "After a While," and part of it is after a while you have to um, you realize that kisses aren't contracts. But one of the parts of this poem says you have to start decorating your own garden decorating your own soul and um when you start doing that your life really really can change and don't don't shame yourself for not knowing right just start yes. taking those baby steps forward to have a beautiful life yes
0: because, yeah. that's beautiful and yeah. i i love that i love that visual um mm-hmm. yeah in that in the whole shame thing isn't who is the oh i just read a book recently uh brene brown um, she has some wonderful stuff out on shame oh, right does, now. Yeah, sure. which is really cool. So if there's any, um, myths or facts that you would like to clarify to listeners.
1: Mm, myths or facts. You know, probably the biggest myth is that you have to be a writer to write your life stories. Yeah. I, I really believe that people do not have to be a writer to write their life stories. Um, sharing with other people is incredibly beneficial. First of all, when you can go to a writer's group and share what's happened to you and they can hold that story in their hands, hold that story, hold your heart essentially in their hands (laughs) and just breathe with you, that's amazing. That's a wonderful feeling. They don't have to do anything about it, but just having somebody hear your story is is beneficial. And then second of all, I always say, um, what if there's somebody out there who is just about to go through what you've been through or somebody who is in the midst of going through what you've been through? Wouldn't you want to share the knowledge and the wisdom that you have now with them and help them through that easier, quicker, faster, and and that's essentially what I'm doing I am helping people through my story and helping them to understand how to write their stories because uh, of, the, of, you know, my terrible tr- trauma um, has made my future self wiser and more resilient, and I want to help other people through that wow. too. So I love it. You don't ever have to share, but I really encourage people to share. Sure. It benefits you and the people who hear it.
0: It's almost there's a part of me that's like oh my gosh Stacy you need to put a book out kind of along those
1: lines. (laughs) I think my yeah I'm I'm working on that. (laughs) Yeah, my kids
0: my kids had to read something. Um, They were at the University of Dayton and um, oh my gosh they were assigned a book but it was so cool because it was this collection of something believe and I'm so drawing a blank but Mm -hmm. a collection of like two or three page little stories from, um, you know, people who had written their stories about whatever it was they had been through and how they came to be, you know, find their their faith again or to believe right. again. Um, and yeah, what a cool idea that would be to be put a compilation of, of mm-hmm. a collection together. That's very oh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. All right. So you don't have to be a writer to write, I
1: mm-hmm. mean, to write no. your life
0: story. Yeah. That's right. Beautiful. Um, Okay. Um, so as far as support and resources, you know, what did you do for yourself and, and how did you um, come to this place of healing? Um, was, it, was it the memoir course that kind of set you on your, on the path?
1: Yeah, I would say that was a major, major thing. Um, I, I also had a, a therapist, counselor, and of course, when you're going through this, you're you're always worried about money as well. Yes. <laughs> um, and I loved going to the counselor because he was a great uh, sounding board. He, I could bounce ideas off of him, or he would say, you know, um, does that sound like somebody who would really, uh, really love somebody? When I would tell him what what my husband was doing, and I was like. No. (laughs) Right. So you need sometimes a third party to say, to help you think through that because you are still in that brain fog and you're still in that codependent making excuses for that person. Yes. So I love that. But my, I would say my writer's group was in writing through that brought the biggest clarity for me. Uh, In fact, I, I, I don't, I know I wouldn't be here today if I had not written it out. It started as my attorney also saying, "Hey, just write unemotionally. Just write out the things that happen, right? Because you're going to remember. You need to remember. And when you're going through stress, you forget. But also through the gaslighting, you know, someone trying to make you feel like you're crazy. No, you really didn't say that. And I'm like, well, I I, I thought I did. I remember me myself saying that. And they try. You know, you get all discombobulated." So I would write things out, and then I started writing those stories and seeing really clearly with a lot of clarity, oh my gosh, this is what's really happening. This is what I've accepted for 10 years of this marriage. I've accepted him doing this, and that's not, that's not right. And, and I discovered my life theme wasn't raising my hand, was not raising my hand, and I didn't like that life theme. When you, there's a a quote by, um, oh, what is her name? Uh, I know why the cage bird sings, Maya Angelou. And Maya says, when you know better, you can do better. And so until I started writing and then uncovered that, I didn't really know that was my life theme. I didn't like that theme. I could change it. And I couldn't change it if you didn't, if I didn't recognize it. And so only through writing did I recognize, oh, my gosh, I have allowed this to happen and swept some of this stuff under the rug, and I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. And that goes back to that shame thing, which is
0: really cool that you just said that, is that if you don't know it, Mm -hmm. you know, where I was certainly, um, you were, it's so difficult to make a change when you don't realize you're in that toxic relationship when you don't realize it's going on. Um, I mean, you do on some sort of level, but but not to the extreme that it that it is. So Yeah, yeah very
1: cool. Going back to that poem after a while, I mean, this is just a, a brilliant poem. I love it so much. But it says, you begin to accept your defeats with your head up and your eyes open with the grace of a woman, not the grief of a child. And when you start writing, you start understanding, oh my gosh, I've been... Curled up in a ball, ignoring everything around me, uh, utilizing the grief of a child to escape yeah. from reality. But when you can stand there and say, you know what, this happened. My head is up, my eyes are open, yes. and I have the grace of a woman, and I am going to move forward from here. Right. It's a beautiful thing. It is
0: a beautiful thing, and mm-hmm.
1: bless you for doing it.
0: And And then to even step further, to then say, not only have I made it through and conquered, but now I'm going to take your hand. I'm going to take other people's hands, yes. and guide you and help you in whatever way I can. So, exactly. and that's even empowering as well. Right. Um, yeah. Very cool. Um, so, one of the questions, my favorite question to ask my guests, and it always, <laughs> some people get like, "Oh my gosh, I just don't know," and some people, boom, they have an answer. So, if yeah. you could meet anyone in the world, dead or alive, who could help you with your mission, with your passion. Who would it be?
1: Oh, anyone in the world, dead or alive. Well, I am a big believer in Jesus. I believe Jesus would would definitely help. Actually, he's helping me right now. So. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> Jesus fan. I think he's awesome. I love yeah. his message of love and peace. I just
1: think it's fabulous. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very so cool. he, I mean, he'll he'll help this resonate with the right people who, yes. who it needs to resonate with and. Um, that's why I don't have to keep striving. I, well, actually, I actually have to keep reminding myself. I don't have to keep striving, to, and and to try to get this done because it's in His hands. Whoever needs this will get this message.
0: Yes, I do that when I I'll say my prayers and I'll always I'll, I just I'll say, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm giving this to you, and you know mm-hmm. whoever needs to hear this message, you know I know it'll happen. So right, yeah, right, that's yeah. beautiful. Very very cool. Um, last question that I have and then you know any then you can clarify anything or to touch on any subjects that you would like to like to touch on that we haven't. Um, you know, what is your dream job? like if you envision what it is, are you doing it already or is there more that you want to accomplish?
1: Oh, my dream job. Well, you know this uh, emotional abuse summit has been so fun to put together. I have loved doing all of the interviews, and so I, I guess my dream job would be to interview people for for a living. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of consider that my superpower as well as writing. Um, so maybe a combo, a combo job: interviewing and writing. All right, I'm uh, right well,
0: there with like, you. Do all
1: that technical stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love I love. Now you speak too. Do you? Are you a speaker? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I speak to groups on um, about resilience. Okay. And writing for resilience, writing to recover from trauma, um, all kinds of things like that.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love being on stage, which I never would have thought would be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love standing before people. And I think because I'm just telling uh, a story of hope, you know. Yeah, and there's right. there's just such a great reaction from audiences. I get such a great response um, from people putting that putting that putting that story of hope out there. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool and I love it. I love what you're doing. Um, so, thank you for what you do. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like you know, audience members to know or anything else you want to share about what you do or how they can reach you?
1: Um, sure, they can, they can reach me on my website, stacybrookman.com, and is Stacy is S T A C Y. I'm also on all the social media as Stacy Brookman or Stacy underscore Brookman. I recently got into Instagram, so okay. I've been posting a lot on there. But really, go get go to LifestoryLaboratory.com and get that uh, thirty five books uh, for emotional abuse recovery and resilience. If you don't need it, at least then maybe someone you know can use it. So share that. With sure, them. that's what I was gonna say.
0: So they can they can share away on Facebook or any other social media. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what was it yeah.
1: again? Life story life Story laboratory.com that's cool yay
0: i'm writing it down because i'm gonna go do it not that i couldn't <laughs> listen to this but i still think it's i mean what a great resource i love it yeah love yeah. it okay all right well i thank you for being with me today it's been wonderful and um informative and yeah again i love what you do and thank you
1: Yeah, you're welcome, Terry. Thank you for doing what you do because you are bringing this message and everybody else that you interviewed, their messages out into the world as well, helping so many people. So I know your listeners love you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: You rock. All right, everyone.
0: Well, thank you for joining us and uh, I will see you next time. Until then, remember, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye.